You're listening to County Live, the County Live podcast, in fact, with me, Marty Johnson, over here. The County Live podcast with me, Chris Ridgway, over here. Now, this time last week, we were sitting here, well, it wasn't this time last week, but no. at this point in and the we weren't sitting here either. We weren't recording here either. And we're sitting on a throne of lies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, this time in the podcast last week, reporting on a 4-2 win for County. Yes. Deja vu. De- deja vu. Um, and do you know what? I will happily suffer deja vu if it's 4-2 county victories every week uh, from now until the end of the season because um, it's not only 4-2, it's another four different goal scorers. Uh, it's another game where we've had to had to grind out, not necessarily gone the easy way. We have highlighted some potential flaws, but we've got the job done uh, and we're in the next round of the trophy. And it, it got me thinking after the game... <laughs> It got me thinking. I I reckon now we're one of the favourites for this, for this time. We've got to be. I mean, you look at where we are in the national league. There's only seven teams above County in the national league. Now, obviously, as the season goes on, that that might change. There might be more teams above us. There might be less teams above us. But last season, we were a bit intimidated. I think it's fair to say, albeit we we didn't let it show when we drew filed in the FA Trophy in the semi final. You're thinking, bloody hell, you know these are team challenging for promotion in the division above it, it must play on your mind a little bit well this season anyone who draws us has to think they're a team playing for promotion in the National League so now all of a sudden we've got that intimidation factor and um, yeah I, th- I think um, it's not unrealistic to, to dream a little bit in this trophy which you know a trip to Wembley is something to dream about yeah absolutely we, we said it last week County are a very good cup side and nobody will want to draw them and nobody will want to come to Edgeley Park. County win a lot more cup matches than they lose. But yeah, I, I think I, you know, I, th- I think um, anybody would look at County. I, you know, why would they want to come to Edgeley Park? Why would they want to play um, a team who... It's disrespectful to call them the B team because they're not. it's not a B team as such, but it's, it's a big team and they can squad rotate. So it's not a team that you've seen in previous seasons. Oh, you wouldn't want to play them. They've got Matty Warburton. They've got Danny Lloyd. They've got Jason Oswell. They've got whoever. Now that we don't have that player, this you could there, there is an argument that could say it's four defenders that have scored this week. Okay, Tom Walker, I'm stretching it there. Tom Walker is a former defender. He doesn't really play defensive roles anymore and Adam Thomas has come on and uh, you know he's been playing up front but quite often we've seen him covering that right back position but Ash Palmer and Sam Minahan are defenders by trade um, so it's uh, it goes to show that County do have goals all over the park that makes you dangerous as a cup side that makes you dangerous as a league side and I think the fact that we're standing well now in two competitions says that we, we, we're forming the basis of a really strong team and Jim's always, and especially this season, he's he's been beat, banging the drum for his squad. It's not about the team, and this rotation proves what he's saying about the squad. Says it's one of the uh, strongest squads he feels he's he's ever had. And Saturday, as you say, some of the players that came into that game kind of proves that. Well, it's crazy because we we were talking. Uh, you know, anyone who listened on air on Saturday would have heard John and myself uh, talking about how this is Frank Mulhern's opportunity to get himself back in front of the gaffer. You know, Niall Bell's been rested. Um, so Frank's got an opportunity to to go out and, and really make a statement here. He's got a chance to go out and do something. Um, we then mentioned maybe Dan Cowan's got to have a, a you know he's got an opportunity here now to do something as well. It's not as easy to impress if you're playing at right back as it is if you're playing at number nine. But he absolutely took it 
in his stride. Okay, Blythe, they're not the toughest opposition you're going to come across all season. But how many times in the past have we seen Dan Cowan step in to a team that he's not been a part of for a little while and he's just naturally fitted? He's just naturally stepped in and made that place his own. He did it last season when Jamie Stott was was unavailable against uh, teams like Yeovil and Curzon Ashton. Uh, you know, Yeovil at the time, of course, they were the division above. So, uh, in fact, two divisions above. So he's come in and looked absolutely natural. So. Um, I'm really, really impressed with Dan Cowan. I'm really impressed with what Frank Mulhern offered, other than the fact that he missed a couple of glaring chances, really, that I think he will have been kicking himself about. The one the one where he's scuffed it and put it wide from, from two yards out into an open goal is unfortunate. Those things happen. The one where he's free one-on-one and, and pelts it at the keeper, for me, is something that's a little bit worse. But we, we've known that, you know, as much as it pains me to say him and Niall, they're not out-and-out clinical finishers. There's more to the game than that. Um, the fact that he was bringing in, De- in Devante more often, the fact that he was linking up with Elliot and linking up with Tom Walker is, is real cause for um, inspiration. And I, I enjoyed what I enjoyed watching that. It's not a B team, but some of those players who've not been in the first team quite a lot lately, I enjoyed watching them play. Well, I'm sure um, Jim is as pleased as you were with the performance. Let's put the uh, interview in here now. Jim, it's Thursday evening back at Edgeley Park. The dust has settled on the weekend. Another good win for County. Yeah, another great win. Um, uh, I've seen Blythe playing and uh, quite open and expansive. Um, so I knew it would be a good open game of football with plenty of goals in it. And it turned out to be the case. Um, lots of good chances. Um, really pleased again that we were on the positive side of the result. And uh, um, our fans have gone away with a not just another win, but also some really good football. And... Uh, We've kept the momentum and the positivity of the recent league games going in this competition. And it, um, it's setting us up nicely now to, to finish this month and this year on a real high. And hopefully we can bring this into all the shot away and Halifax at home and uh, finish the season, finish this, this month and this year as strong as we did last year. We were just speaking off air about how games can be different and certain games are more cagey affairs. Blythe Spartans, even though they've, they've moved on from Alan Armstrong, they still have that... That mentality, don't they? I don't see them in many nil-nils. Did you expect it to be a, a, well, a goal fest? Um, I think the game started off not quite like that. I think we were the, the team that looked like we were going to cut them open and create chances, and we did. And then um, but it, it took a set play and it took a, a well-worked goal from them. It's one all, and you think um, you take your chances. Um, you know, we could have... Even at Torquay, when you look back, we could have ruined the fact that we missed so many good chances in the first half at Torquay. But um, all you ask the lads to do at half-time is just keep playing the expensive football, keep getting the attackers in good spaces and get the full-backs on the overlap and keep asking questions at the back four. And the more you detach their midfield from the defence, the more you expose the defence, the more likely you are to score. And that proved to be the case at Torquay, Chorley and Blythe. So um, we found a way of winning games and scoring goals and I think that we, we've got to remember what works for us and uh, keep doing it. You talk about scoring goals, the goals continue to come from all over the park. Now, we've spoken numerous times over, over this season and last season about this being the best team that you've had since coming back and the, the, the ethos of the team. There's no star man, if you like. There's no go-to figure for goals. Does it give you confidence that defence, midfield or attack, they're all chipping in with goals? Um, great point really about the team and um, I've always been very much about the team there's always going to be some charismatic figure some 
top goal scorer or somebody that stands out. And if you are star fans, who's their star man? They'll all have a name uh, on the front of their lips. Um, but it's the integrity and the cohesion of the group that I think is really important. That's off the pitch, on the training pitch, um, and certainly on the grass at Edgley Park. And um, But I'm really pleased at the way we're playing as a team. And that isn't just playing forward football and attacking football as a team, but also the way we defend. So a lot of things are in, in place at the moment. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. We, you know, I think when I came in here, there was a lot of people that were perhaps coming to the end of their careers. I think we forget the 35, 36, 37-year-olds who inherited and we, we kind of slowly but surely over 18 months built a team that had potential growth. Um, and then they've, they've all grown into a very good team. And... Um, and, and they're still growing as a team. And um, I think we had fears at the start of the season that a loss of two or three key players might mean that we're, we're not as strong. Uh, but I still feel that we're, we're underestimating the power of the team growing and the team continues to grow. And I'm, I'm really pleased at where we are at the moment. And um, I think anybody who's playing a part of that team certainly feels that they're part of a, a well-oiled machine, you know, without it being as robotic. But, you know, they're all in a good flow at the moment and uh, long may that continue. You talk about the team, talk about strength and depth. We were speaking before the game when we'd seen the, the team lineups. Uh, it was a chance for Frank Mulhern to impress but it was also a chance for other players to come on and press and, and Dan Cowan was one. Now it's not always as easy for a defender to impress as it maybe is for a striker but we were speaking about him on air and, and he, he, I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a kind of strange set of circumstances because people would have seen the team sheet and thought, oh, I'm, I'm resting Sam, I'm playing Dan, and I'm um, I'm resting Niall, and playing Frank. But I think um, we had a couple of little niggles to Frank. Um, Devante uh, rang in that morning, said he was ill, and so did um, Sam. And Sam Sam wanted to be cautious and um, and suggested that we start Dan, whereas Devante wanted to try and give it a start. And um, at half time, said he was aching, shivering. So we thought, well, rather than overexpose him. I just delighted that he had a, a really impactful forty-five minutes, and um, having Adam Thomas and Sam Minahan in position to come on uh, certainly played its part in terms of us going to the next level as a team and keeping the momentum, the strength, and it's nice for both of them to come off the uh, and score, which is probably the second game in three now where we've had two subs score. So um, yeah, so but yeah, going back to Dan, I mean. Sam Minahan's been excellent all year. And I think there was a lot about the game that suited Dan. Um, when when we were attacking down the left, Dan had a lot of room on the right to overlap, um, which obviously led to the second goal. And I think that um, Dan's a, a naturally good defender, but I think he's one of these players that lacks a little bit of self-confidence in terms of his... Uh, just his belief in himself. Because when he steps up the pitch, he's got a great turn of pace. He's got a nice cross and a run. Uh, he's learned now where to, when to play it low, when to play it high, when to pull it back. So, um, and his cross was excellent, and it was a nice, easy finish for Adam. Um, so I was really pleased for Dan because he grew into the game and certainly showed that we have nothing to fear by putting the likes of Dan and Adam, Sam Walker, Paul Turnbull, and Frank O'Neill. You know, we've got we've got a good sixteen at the moment, and I'm I'm really positive that we could select any of them, and they do a good job and. And, and we'll need that as we move into, not Saturday so much, but then it's Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's going to be thick and fast. And we know that um, 
if uh, players are lagging a little bit, then we can throw other people in. We know they're going to step it up and, and play as well as they have. Um, so it's always positive when a, a lad comes into the team and performs so well. So I'm really pleased for Dan because it's been a tough couple of months for him and he's, he's back. And he's back to the Dan that we've seen at the start of the season. And playing it right back, it's really exciting for him to get an opportunity there. And um, I think he's just trying to prove how good he is as a right back. You mentioned Adam Thomas there. Um, he he's not found himself out of the squad as such, but he's you know there's more competition for his place now. It's fair to say with Devante coming in and, and Tom Walker there. He made a statement as well. I thought coming on, he looked a real goal threat. He got his name on the score sheet, and he just reminded, if it needed doing, he, he reminded what he can be all about. Yeah, I think what was really important, um, and and I I said it. Um, during the second half and at the end of the game that I felt that Adam Thomas in particular changed the game. Um, there was a slight tactical change because we, we started employing Adam Thomas as a sort of 10 second nine and Elliot was allowed to sort of move to the right and roam um, and that allowed us to put a little bit more pressure on their back four with Adam Thomas's running and he got the second goal, made the third goal, made the fourth goal so you can't ask for much more than that for a sub in a in in a in a half, um, so really pleased for him. But he looked back to his energetic, confident self. Um, he's had a couple of tough games where he's looked maybe like a little bit jaded or a little bit off the pace. He may not have felt that, but he didn't look as sharp and uh, springy as he has. But when he went on the pitch day, he looked like a new signing. Like the lads got his energy back and his mojo back, and it was brilliant to see him in that form because it just reminds you how good a player he is. Before we look ahead to all the shot, let's just talk about this draw in the FA Trophy. It's, it's Dorking away, which is quite a trip. Uh, it's it's going to be a new name for a, a lot of fans to to take in and do a bit of research on. What do you know about the, the FA Trophy tie? Well, Dorking, um, you know, I only know what I'm, I'm, I'm gleaning since the draw was made. Um, uh, I still have my concerns about the FA Trophy being nationalised at this level. You know, I think... I felt sorry for Truro uh, when they had to come up to us last year. Um, and I think they perhaps in the past they used to have another round more re- national, uh, more regional before they went national. And um, and it's not just a Saturday game. It's not the fact that we've got to go down on a Saturday. But if there's a replay, they've got to come up to us on a Tuesday. And this happened to Maidstone and Spennymore had to go to Billericay. Um Just crazy ties. Um, speaking to the Halifax manager on Monday and they've got to go to Torquay. But... If they get a draw, Torquay have got to come up to them on a Tuesday night. So, And when you're dealing with players who are, a lot of them are working and part-time, I think that's just a little bit unfair of the FA Trophy. And I don't think there's enough money in it, really, to justify such travel expense, not just for the fan, uh, the players, but also for the fans. But the draw has been made. Um, we know where it is geographically. We know it's going to be an overnight. Yeah. We're used to that sort of travel now. We're fortunate in the sense that we've got two home games either Saturday. So it's not uh, in in a line of three away games in a row. Um, you know, unfortunately, we hope the, we've got the Wednesday tie in the Cheshire Senior Cup, which looks now a little bit ill-placed um, when you've got to ask part-time lads coming on a Wednesday night and then travel on a Friday to Dorking. But these are, these are, these are aspects that... I think you were talking off here about Liverpool having to play an international tie and a, nas- a national tie in, on the same night. But um, but that's the, if you like, the price you pay for being successful on all fronts. But uh, I think we'd prefer to be going to Dorking and then have an empty Saturday. Um, 
have a look at their history. They seem to be a club on the rise. Uh, a lot of things coming together. Tremendous momentum. Done a brilliant job there in getting where they are. And they see this tie as a fantastic, um, if you like, opportunity for them to, again, show how far they've come. And, uh, and you've got to give them a lot of respect. Uh, beating Bromley at home 3-0, who were doing so well in the national is uh, no mean feat, uh, regardless of any changes that Bromley have made. Uh, it's still a tremendous result. Um, and a lot of national sides have come unstuck in the last round. And what we have to do is be very professional going down and make sure that we come away with a, a sense of pride, an opportunity to be in the next round. Um, and then, but again, it's uh, just a job that we have to be professional. But uh, taking a step back, it just seems a million miles away when you've got all the shot. Halifax, Fylde, Halifax, Borenwood, Belfitch, Victoria, before you even think about playing them. Speaking of Aldershot then, first up, uh, another long trip on Saturday. Talk to me about Stockport County before we have a look at the opposition. How how are the squad doing physically? Squad's in great shape. Um, you know, we've um, we had concerns about Sam Walker and Nibel, but both of them are fully fit. So they come back into the 16. Uh, Joe Leasy returns, obviously, from FA Trophy uh, tied. Um, so that's a good 17-man panel. Um, we've recalled Jordan Downer for his loan just to strengthen the squad should we need him. Adam Hamill's back in training, which is brilliant to see him um, bouncing around the training field again. Um, so the squad's looking pretty strong. Um, obviously, we'll take 16-stroke and a 17th man to all the shot. Uh, I don't like bringing senior players on such a long trip to to not play a part. Um but, but having uh, just reminding all of them that there's a, a big couple of weeks to come um, and a huge part all of them are going to play um, in the next uh, next three weeks. Um, some of them will be finishing here perhaps in June, sorry, in January 4th or 6th uh, when it comes around and it'll soon come around. But at the moment, we just sort of want to go keep the good run going at all the shot and then take one game at a time, look how strong we are against Halifax, have a rip-roaring game here, Boxing Day. I love Boxing Day games. That'd be a fantastic occasion. And then, then we've just got to use the squad to the maximum when we play the Saturday and the Wednesday afterwards. So um, massive, massive couple of weeks coming up, but it's really nice to have everybody fully fit. The only one that's still out at the moment is Darren Stevenson. Uh, Connor the Mayo's got a little bit of a knock, so we brought him back from... Uh, Curzon, which is a shame for them and him because he was flying there. But um, hopefully he'll be fit in the next week or two. Alex Curran's on a 24-hour recall, same as well. So we put ourselves in a really good position where we've got a good 18-man squad now and two or three players kind of come back into the fold. And we'll need them not just for the three weeks over Christmas, but obviously as loans perhaps go back to the parent clubs, the squad stays strong and uh, into the new year. So without giving any tactics away then, um, you mentioned all those players and the, and the numbers that you've got. Is squad rotation something maybe fans can look out for? Um, one game at a time. I don't think there's any need for... Uh, I, I, I said before the Blythe game that I would have put on my stronger side and then we'd have took a gamble that if the game had gone to a replay, we would have rotate the squad then like we did against Maidstone last year. Um but obviously when you have an empty week leading up to that Saturday, an empty week after that, then you play your strongest side because everyone wants to hold on to the shirt and um, I understand their disappointment and their scowls if they're not playing because um, they want to play. A little bit of injuries and a few illnesses allowed us an opportunity to play the likes of Dan and uh, Adam got a good run out and even young lads got an opportunity, um, which was great for them to be a part of that experience. Um, but no, strongest squad out for all the shots. 
stronger squad out for the next game. And then we'll just see the effects uh, Friday morning after Halifax as we set up um, and we try to prepare ourselves for Fylde. And that's where I think we have to be sensible that we don't overwork people and underwork others. And if you've got the quality there, then let's use it. Um, it was a bit of a gamble against um, Solihull Moors making as many changes as we did in that game. And, and uh, nobody was complaining when we won the up at half-time, but then everybody complained afterwards. But you've got to look at the energy of the group since then. We've won all three games, whereas Solihull Moors haven't. Uh, so maybe they should have rested a few that Tuesday night um, and they wouldn't have been conceding four goals in the last 20 minutes of the next game. But that's football. It's very hard to judge how to manage a group. Um, but we we do know from experience that two or three games in a week is a tall order for some of our players. And um, if we've got the opportunity to rotate, even if it's 60-30s and using the subs uh, a little bit more than perhaps we would, and then making sure players are going from one game to the other, given the best, then that's only a good thing for the group. So, Aldershot on Saturday, what, what do we know about the opposition this week? I don't think Aldershot would be to be underestimated. I don't think they're high up in the league and they're not high up on the form, but if you look at the home record, it's excellent. Very, very competitive. Recreation ground's always a tough place to go. Loads of energy as a team. I think they showed that here. Um, they've got uh, an ability to counter-attack on you, they've got individuals who can score goals out of nothing. Um, I think Notts County come undone there. I think Chesterfield scraped the last-minute goal to get a, an equaliser. So they put themselves in a position to win games at their place and um, uh, we shouldn't, we can't be naive um, and think that we can just turn up, play away through them, that we'll score more than them. I think it'll be a tough game. I think a little bit like um, our previous games, we've got to make sure that we don't expose ourselves to their strengths and... Um, just keep asking the right questions. If we need to switch it and open them up, if we need to get behind them, if we need to go through them, go over them even, um, make sure our set plays are good. If we if we keep all the qualities that we've shown in, not just the last three games, but the last 10, 12 games, then we'll be very, very competitive. Um, we'll have a few fans going down. It's a long way to go. It's a hard place to get a result, but if we come away with anything, we'll be absolutely delighted because it will set us up for a... A fantastic game on Boxing Day. So, but again, it's all about just doing things right and be as professional as we can. Our away record has been tremendous at the moment. You know, we consider we've been to Torquay, uh, Dover, um, you know, we've been to Sutton and Bromley, and we've come back um, with, with a lot of points. So, uh, hopefully, we can do the same again. Just finally, Jim, uh, you seem to have a bit of a sore throat on Saturday. You sound much better now. Yeah, it was kind of strange. Um, I, I still feel now that if I kind of raise my voice that I might lose it. Um, no, I've, I've had a bit of, um, like everybody else, there's a little bit of, a few bits of bugs going around. You know, when you've got three kids at school and, and, and your missus works at school, you're always going to get something floating around the house. So I've been a little bit under the weather and, and I think just maybe uh, uh, overdid it a little bit on Saturday. But kind of strange because it allowed Dave to take a little bit more responsibility and uh, I enjoyed listening to his interview after the game. But... Um, no, I've got to be careful on Saturday. Make sure that the um, I use my voice a little bit more wisely. And uh, but I think that I think the lads are in a good place, and um, and we only need a little bit of tweaking. Um, but hopefully they start with the same energy, uh, enthusiasm, commitment, sense of purpose that they did at Torquay. And if they do, then they've got a chance to get another fantastic result. Big game on Saturday as ever, Jim. All the best. Thanks so much. So before we talk, this is our last podcast before Christmas. Um, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you, sir. But before we. Uh, we talk about the busy Christmas period and who you'll be keeping an eye on. Um, just a, a last word on Blythe Spartans. Who was your uh, your player of the week? 
I saw on Twitter there was a lot of love for Elliot Osborne. There was, but I mean, this is nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Elliot is um, Elliot has got the engine and the footwork now that he's really stepping up. You know, you would you would last season struggle to get him in the side on occasion. Not given that he'd done anything wrong, but Darren Stevenson went through really strong spells of form. Matty Warburton was there. Adam Thomas sort of owns that number seven position now. Uh, you, you, behind in those two holding roles, you've got Jordan Keane, Paul Turnbull, and Sam Walker to pick from. So it was really difficult to try and shoehorn Elliot in there. Now, you couldn't imagine a team without Elliot. So you, you, you've got to look at him and say, he's one that's really come on. But the man of the week for me is Dan Cowan. Because he's he's come in um, where he's not played a lot of football, he's, you know, a lot of time out the side, um, and he's just slotted completely in. And to get an assist to his name, to get uh, all that running in, and okay, you know, there were, there were elements of ring rust to his game. There were a couple of sloppy passes that you would expect to see from a guy who's not played a great deal of football. But he played a couple of different positions, moved around well. When he did lose the ball, he worked hard to win it back, got himself into the right position when defending just took the game well so for me you've got to look at Dan Cowan and as we said busy Christmas period coming up trip to Aldershot fairly longish trip you've got filed and then you've got the double header with Halifax that's a lot of games for a lot of players yeah. Who's who are you going to be keeping an eye on you can have more than one seeing as there's, <laughs> seeing as there's four games um, someone who's got to step up or someone you think is going to cement that that yeah, squad well, together. Well, Aldershot, Aldershot is a massive trip. It's, it's such a long way away. But when you look at where Aldershot are in the league, you know they are hovering just over the relegation zone. That, that, that's a dangerous um, trip because they've already come and taken points off County this season. Um, they'll be looking to do it again down at their ground. You look at Fylde, who it's not been the season they expected. It's not been the one they anticipated. But they're turning it round a little bit now. They, they may... You know, they may have been a contender for relegation a few weeks ago. They're now out of the, out of those relegation places. They've got games in hand, uh, a game in hand on the teams below them. So they're a team to fear. I think that they've got something about them with the new manager. And of course, Halifax, who County sit level on points with, having played a game uh, more than them. So they are really hard games. They are a lot of um, there, there are a lot of miles to rack up there, and it's not a huge squad. So you know, County. They have the four youth players on the bench this weekend. That's crazy. But you know, a lot of it was down to cup ties. But still, you know, you still got Darren Stevenson out injured. You still have Sam Minahan out with an illness. You still got all these other players um, still waiting to come back. So um, it's difficult to say who the one to watch is because I keep saying in recent weeks, whoever plays number nine, whoever plays number nine, it's probably fair to say now Bell will come back in as as the number nine, and that probably makes him the one to watch. But I don't think he'll start all four of those games. Because it's too much football. It's it's too much to play. Unless he comes on, uh, sorry, unless he starts and has an absolute worldie, um, bags a couple of goals and completely is the difference. Jim Gannon is going to rotate him. That's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, interesting one. Um, Probably the only consistents really are going to be Ben Hinchliffe, Ash Palmer, uh, you know, even Festus might get the. you know, get called for a game or two to let Jordan Keane keep things fresh at the back there and whatever else. So, the one to watch really, if we have to pick one to stick to the rules for once, you'd have to say Ben or, or Ash. They're going to be the consistents throughout. Adam Thomas will come back in. I thought he looked electric, having come on off the bench. 
uh, on Saturday. Um, but I'd, I'd say the one to watch is Ash Palmer. We missed him um, against Aldershot last time. We dropped points. Um, he's it's great to have him back now. Halifax are the only team we haven't played in this division yet. Um, so it's it's a, it's a new test for all of us. He's our Mr. Consistent at the back. Ash has got to be the one to watch this week. Fantastic. And I was uh, I should be sitting here slating you now, uh, but I see you've got a little... Um, <clears throat> a little very presumptuous a of little, you here. Uh, so paper bag there. Now that could be your lunch. It partly is my lunch. Um, so the mince pie review challenge. Review, challenge. review challenge. This week comes to you courtesy of Cafe Nero. Cafe Nero mince pies. You've gone posh. Well, what that means is you've gone have, well posh. Oh, look at that. It means I have um, completely paid over the odds <laughs> uh, for two mince pies, but they're a lovely star. On top and the flowery, sugary snow on top, it meant I had to go for it. So, um, every anyone who knows me knows I'm a big mince pie. Um, so I'm really looking forward to tucking it. This is my favourite part of the show now. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine it's lots. Of, well, mine and yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people will have enjoyed Jim's dog last week. That was probably their f- favourite part of the show. Last week. That is a fantastic mince pie. That's very good. That, the pastry is very even. That might. It's not too sweet. Deep and crisp and even. Deep and crisp and even. That might be my favourite. Wow, what favourite so far? Give us a score then. What what what's my highest score so far? I don't know because I haven't got the sheet with me. To be quite honest. I think it's eight point three. No, a better podcast would be well planned out. Yeah, but a better podcast wouldn't have mince pies. No, exactly. Eight point four. Eight point four. I think I went eight point one last week. Um. I'm going to go 8.2. It is clearly the winner so far. Mm. If you are a mince pie out there in Stockport and beyond, wherever you're listening from, if you're fortunate enough to have one of the 16.2 million Cafe Nero's <laughs> located near you in this country, get yourself down and invest two quid in an overly priced but delicious mince pie. Other coffee shops and other mince pies are available. But they might not be as good, because that's brilliant. But for us, um, we'll have another podcast before the end of the year, so we won't be wishing you Happy New Year yet, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. To everybody, to all our listeners, and thanks for all the lovely comments over the year. We really, really do appreciate it. We, don't, we do this for nothing, just for the love of it, just because we want to provide a vehicle so that you can listen to Jim Gannon's views every week, and we just wrap our deft views around it. If you want to... Um donate any mince pies via Cafe Nero that'd be welcome yeah just drop them off at Edgeley Park in a bag <laughs> in a bag marked Chris Ridgeway <laughs> but yeah Merry Christmas from us and don't forget you can hear I Mr. should say before you wrap up yeah a huge thank you to Ron Shaw who again brought us some lovely Belgian beers oh is he which we'll share next week oh thanks Ron um, uh, that was one of the highlights of my Christmas last year yeah a uh, huge thank you yeah. um my new favourite county fan. Yeah, he's uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get a, when we do finally get round to making them a county live podcast mug. Oh yeah, we should. Yeah, do that. yeah, definitely, definitely one of those for Ron. But yes, don't forget, right over the Christmas season, with all four of those games, you can listen to full live match commentary with Mr. John Keir and Mr. Chris Ridgeway on Imagine One Hundred Four Point Nine FM. Chris, thanks. Are you going to eat that mince pie? I am.